1: The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management.
0: It's time now for Making Money Sense. Live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized.
2: Hey, non-attorney spokesperson. Piers Nachwati
3: with principal office in Dallas, Texas, is
4: Once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, making money sense, and here he is, our financial planner and retirement expert in studio as he is every Saturday morning, Mr. Larry Rosenthal.
1: Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today?
4: I am doing very well. I've been been looking at the uh, interesting ups and downs in the markets, and this whole trade war thing, and impeachment process and if you can see my head and my eyes they're tar- starting to spin <laughs> <I'm going round laughs> i, and could, I can see yes <laughs> what are we doing
1: <laughs> yep exactly exactly well good morning everyone and welcome to making money sense the larry rosenthal show i'd like to continue to welcome our long-time listeners in the dc baltimore area wava 105.1 fm as long as well as our new listeners nationwide, border-to-border, and coast-to-coast on SiriusXM Family Talk, channel 131. As always, Chris, it's Saturday morning, open mic Saturday. Any questions you have regarding investments, financial planning, uh, estate planning, taxes, mortgages, insurance, your 401k retirement plans, whatever it is, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, I like to start off each week with a little segment on Just what you were talking about, Chris, there. What's going on in the markets, the economy, the ups and downs and all-arounds with everything? You know, the the, the economy, the basics of the economy is still very strong. Uh, Low unemployment, low interest rates, low taxes, low low inflation, accommodating Fed, uh, you know, rising wages, and now we have – some geopolitical issues. We have Brexit, some? which is on again, what? off again. Yep. Some. I think just this is, this just is pro- some. There you go. I don't
4: know. I think we're kind of at the you know at the red line for geo
5: based on a book called Flat Stanley. And in the Flat Stanley book, Stanley gets crushed by a bookcase and gets smushed flat as a pancake. He's not otherwise hurt, but it gives him some neat advantages. And one of them is that he can be put in an envelope and travel all over the world. Awesome! So my friend's second grade class out in California... Um, they all made their own little flat selves. So I have visiting with me at the studio today, <laughs> Flat Alexis, and she's going to be helping me do the radio show.
4: How awesome is that?
5: That's Flat great. Alexis even has her own Facebook page. Oh, well, that's amazing. So we are having all sorts of adventures, and it's it's a fun thing. It's a it's a neat thing. That's great. Well, what are we you know talking when about? we were growing up, there was no such thing. And
4: no, no, we didn't have. We had uh, Curious George and things like that, but no flat Alexis. But
5: yeah, so so it's fun. Yeah. I'm I'm sending little pictures and having little adventures with her. So mm. so today, flat Alexis is helping with the radio show.
4: Mm. Well, that's good news. How, are, did we have some decent news in the market this week, or where are we on all that?
5: Well, you know, the market was down a smidge, I'm uh, not anything to be worried about. I mean, I, I, I'm fairly certain most of our listeners by now know that the Dow hit an all-time high of 28,000 this week, mm-hmm. but it ended up down for the week a smidge. We closed down at 27,875. The Dow is up 19.5% for the year. Yeah. The the S and P you know it's it's really good I think we're almost getting spoiled by these returns the S and P was down a third of a percent this week the S and P's up twenty four percent for the year wow and the Nasdaq down a quarter point the Nasdaq the big winner of of the three the Nasdaq is up twenty eight point four percent wow amazing so hey a great year. It, it started out, if you remember, it's it's been a very volatile year at times. Um, trade with China has been a topic all year long, and it was a, a topic at the end of last year. We still don't have a, a an agreement with China on trade, but it looks as though uh, the Chinese president is – Open to a deal. In fact, um, he said just this week that his country wants to reach a phase one trade deal with the United States. Said he doesn't want trade war, but they will fight back as necessary. Chinese negotiators have invited their U.S. counterparts to come to Beijing for more face-to-face talks. And President Trump said Friday morning that a deal with China is potentially very close. Well, that that would would be be a neat Christmas present. Yeah, that would be. That
4: would be outstanding. I'm sure that would send the markets for an interesting uh, change.
5: Well, it could. Uh, This is the one thing that's been hanging over all of our heads for quite some time now. Um, And I I am cautiously optimistic. I'll say it that way.
4: Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting to see where that goes. Mm
5: -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but overall, um, global stocks closed just a smidge lower this week. The yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury, which we all watch very closely, that yield went down by six basis points to 1.77%. When the yield drops on Treasuries, that means that the prices are going up. If prices on Treasuries are going up, that could indicate that people are buying Treasuries and forcing those prices up. So we watch that very closely. The price of a barrel of West Texas Intermediate crude was up a dollar and a quarter to fifty-eight forty. Quite different than the days oh, 10 or so years ago when crude was touching a hundred dollars a barrel and gas was four bucks a gallon. Gosh, at the I pump. remember
4: those days. Uh Yeah, those
5: were tough days, tough days. Um, Other in other economic news, the manufacturing sector, we've been talking about this pretty much all year because in the earlier part of the year, we saw that globally there was a manufacturing slowdown. But some data this week showed that the trend towards stabilization is continuing um, data improved in the United States, Europe, and Japan, and Germany was a particular bright spot in that data. The UK is still having issues, of course, because there's not a Brexit deal yet.
4: Hmm. Wow, you, you, that's a lot of news this morning, right it's off. That's a the whole bat. lot
5: of news. I got one more. Oh, President okay. Trump signed a bill Thursday evening to extend government funding through the 20th of December. Well, that's good news. For federal well, employees. it is. It is, but the sticking point seems to be money for a border wall.
4: Yeah, wow,
5: interesting. So, we've we've just like last year, we've got a number of things that are that are sort of propelling us into the end of the year. If you'll remember, right before Christmas last year, we had the Fed increase interest rates by a quarter point. We had trade war with China in the headlines. We had a a government shutdown in the headlines, yeah, and this that. is. This is sort of the same thing as we head into the end of 2019. Um, Hopefully, the market performance that we saw at the end of last year will not be repeated this year. But even if it does, I think we're still going to end on a high note uh, in terms of market returns this year. It's been a very nice year.
4: You know, I wanted to ask you about the big elephant in the room, and I'll do that after we take a couple of calls here that are coming in. And I'm talking about the impeachment thing is how that how that is doing uh, or how that is affecting or could affect the markets going forward. Sure.
5: I've
6: I've got some thoughts on that. Okay,
4: but first, let's talk to Charlie in
5: Catonsville. Hello, Charlie. What are you what's your question
4: here today for Dina?
6: It generally has to do with RMDs. Oh, this is this is the second year I've taken my RMDs. Next year will be my third. And it just so happens that even though I've taken out, just to make an example, forty or $41,000 each of the last two years for my total RMDs, my uh, end-of-year balance is a fair amount higher even after taking out this money. Mm-hmm. And as it happens next year, I'm just thinking – well, doesn't the government eventually want their money on taxes on this money? And it seems like my account value in my all my IRAs is going up higher the amount of money I'm taking out of it. Uh, and then I hear Larry say, um, well, over the last umpteen years, if your money's in the market, and which this money is, it's averaged 10% well, it seems like I'm only taking like 3 or 4% of my RMDs. Uh, unless there's a big correction or something like that, I don't see how the government ever gets all its money.
5: Great question, and you're exactly right. The required minimum distributions, which is what RMD stands for, the required minimum distributions, the table is is structured so that technically you should – Exhaust all of that money during your lifetime if you live long enough. If you don't live long enough to exhaust it, whoever inherits it will end up paying the remainder of the taxes. An IRA can live or or function for eighty six point four years. So you may not pay all of the taxes on all of the money during your lifetime it's important to make sure that you have beneficiaries appropriately designated on that money so that if god calls you home and there's money left in it they can continue these required distributions instead of having to take a full lump sum and tax the whole thing at once
6: now so there's nothing. no i've never heard anybody talk about this but i called just to make sure there's nothing in the law, a secret thing in the law that says, hey, you've been taking money out of your, uh, I, uh, your IRAs for 15 years, and here you are like in your uh, late 80s, uh, and, but you end up having, for some reason, more money in your IRAs still than when you started 15 years ago. Uh, we're going to really drastically raise the percentage you're to take out.
5: No, sir. The, it, you can Google uniform life expectancy table and you can see the, fa- the factor, the divisor for each year. And the divisor gets a little bit smaller every year so that if, if hypothetically your account balance stayed exactly the same, it never, ever changed, your required distribution would get just slightly bigger each year. At some point, that divisor gets pretty close to one. And when the divisor is one, and I think that happens somewhere around age 115, okay, then everything has to come out. But there's no gotcha in there where the, where the IRS says, oh, hey, you know what? We noticed that your, your IRA keeps growing. We're, we're going to make you take out a double distribution this year. There's not a gotcha like that in there. Okay. All right. Good question. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Appreciate the call here this morning, Charlie. Have a great day. Appreciate you listening here this morning. And If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. Let's say we take a quick break here, uh, Dina, and we'll be back with more of the Larry Rosenthal Show here in just a second. Stay tuned with Dinaology.
0: You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More making money sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal.
1: Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives.
2: nationwide in coast to coast from sea to shining sea call now 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 live from the nation's capital this is the larry rosenthal show
4: yes this is the larry rosenthal show bob's awesome isn't bob awesome there dina <laughs>
5: nationwide coast to coast from sea, sea to, to shining, shining sea. sea that's true that's fabulous it's
4: true we are so happy to be on xm and and I'm
5: still just, I, I really like that idea. I'm, I'm fairly certain people in California maybe are sleeping in right now, but everywhere else, happy to have you.
4: I know, a lot of people get up early on the West Coast these days, you know. So you
5: never you know, It's know. interesting the the people in, in our line of work on the West Coast, they actually have to go into work at like 630 in the morning because that's when the market opens.
4: Yeah, isn't that crazy?
5: This is no different, thanks.
4: different kind of world. <laughs> 855-767-3123 to talk to Dina, who is our financial and retirement expert here in studio this morning. I guess we could just talk about that question I was going to pose to you. What do you think? What do you think this uh, big elephant in the room impeachment process is gonna do to the markets going forward?
5: Okay, you know, it's interesting. We don't have a ton of historic data to to reference. Thank goodness. I'm glad impeachment is a normal is not a normal occurrence here in the United States, but we do have two uh, two different scenarios that we can look back on and at least compare. So, we had Watergate back in the early 70s and during that time the S&P 500 fell almost 50%. But you can't just blame that on the impeachment. The country at that time was slipping into recession. We were hit by an oil embargo, and we had spiking inflation. The U.S. economy was, was already hurting, and, and the Watergate scandal, the, the potential impeachment of, of Richard Nixon, that just added more fuel to the fire. It made an already uncomfortable situation even worse. So that the S & p was down almost fifty percent, it may well have done that anyway without Watergate. So I, 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 I find it hard to to say whether Watergate added to that in any material matter in material manner. But we can look into the 90s and we can look at what was going on in the United States when President Clinton was being impeached. And at that time, the U.S. economy was growing. GDP was over 4 percent. Corporate earnings were strong. We had moderate inflation. And the market just kept going. Mm-hmm. The, the The Clinton impeachment didn't seem to do much because the economy was strong anyway. So if if I look at those two sets of circumstances and I, and I try to draw some conclusions, I, I think what we're going through right now with the impeachment of President Trump, I think it's more like the Clinton impeachment than Nixon. We've got very, very low, 50-year low unemployment. We've got many leading economic indicators still signaling growth. We've got a stock market that's up double digits And, oh, by the way, we've got trade war with China. We just kicked the can down the road on a government shutdown, and the president's being impeached. I think right now this impeachment isn't impacting the markets. It's not impacting our portfolios. It's not impacting the economic fundamentals of the country.
4: So if you wanted to play what if here, just just to – for fun, um, if you did remove the President from office, that would mean that someone else would have a different policy possibly coming in, which might affect but if if we did end up removing the president from office, President would be uh, the vice President, which is uh, pence Correct. so if, Correct. if that's I the case, the policy's not going to change right, so the policy no. wouldn 't change, and there wouldn 't be much to change in the market so that 's kind of an interesting way to look at it, I think you know.
5: Well, you know, you've got impeachment, which happens in the House. That's what we're going through right now. We've got the hearings. We've got the testimony. The House can vote to send the articles of impeachment to the Senate. So President Trump can be impeached in the House. It would take a conviction in the Senate for him to be removed from office. That would be a very big deal. And... I believe would inject some volatility into the market that we don't see right now. Volatility is fairly low compared to what we've seen the rest of this year. Um, if this impeachment goes to an ultimate end where President Trump is removed from office, I, I would expect that yeah. to impact the market, yeah. at least in the short term. I don't think that that would have an immediate Economic impact in terms of unemployment, GDP, housing starts, and and all of those other economic underpinnings. Yeah,
4: yeah, I know. I totally agree. And I I wonder down the road. I guess the next big event that could potentially affect it would be the 2020 elections, which are just around the
5: corner. So. Well, sure. If we if we have a, an election outcome that is markedly different than the last one, if we manage to elect people who have a a tendency toward higher taxes, higher regulation. I I do think that would impact businesses, and I do think that it could, um, I think it could cause a slowdown. Uh, It wouldn't be immediate. Again, these things don't turn on a dime. But I think long term for the markets to continue acting favorably, I think we need favorable fiscal and monetary policy. Mm -hmm.
4: Now, well, listen, let's talk to Dan, who's on the phone with us from Laurel. Good morning, Dan. What's your question for
7: Dina?
5: Hey, Dan. What?
7: Oh, good morning. Um, I had a question about the uh, deed on a house, on property. Uh, my wife and I are splitting up, and she's agreed to, like, remove her name from the deed, which would leave just me on the deed. Now, if something were to happen to me, uh, and right now I don't have a will, but... I guess I get that one uh, but I think it mu- I, from what I've heard it might be a good idea for me to like put my daughter and she's agreed to it to put my daughter on the deed is uh, your daughter an adult yes she is okay uh, yes
5: okay um there are pros and cons to doing that um one of the biggest downsides to putting Someone else on the deed is that if you pass away the the somebody else, in this case, your daughter, they do not qualify for what's called the stepped up cost basis. And that's a very big deal. Uh, it'll take a second to explain this, but hang with me on this. Okay. If you if you bought your house in 1990 for one hundred thousand dollars and it is worth half a million dollars when you die and your name is the only name on that deed. The person who inherits that house can sell it as if they bought it for the half million. They do not inherit your cost basis. That's what I mean by a stepped up basis. If you've put your daughter on the deed, she owns half of that house, which means her half does not qualify for that stepped up basis. She would not get the absolute best tax treatment under those circumstances. I'm not a lawyer. I can't give you legal advice. But from a financial perspective, you would be far better served to get your will updated and name your daughter as, as the beneficiary of those things. If you wanted to take it a step further and keep things out of probate court and to keep things private, you would do discuss with an attorney establishing a revocable living trust and have that trust own the house.
7: Oh, okay. I hadn't thought of that. Thank you.
5: So, Thank you very much. Some, some pros and cons to what you want to do. I understand why you want to do it. I think listing your daughter is not a, as part owner on the deed. I think that's not necessarily the best way to handle it.
7: Oh, well, thank
3: you. <laughs> I'm glad they called.
5: I'm glad you called too. If you want some more information, stand by. Bob will get your contact data and we can talk about it offline.
3: Oh, uh, okay.
4: All right, Dan, hang on just a second. We'll be right back with you. Keegan is on the line with us from Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Good morning, Keegan. What's your question for Dina? Good
7: Good morning. I have a couple questions. I'm getting sure. ready to retire in about a year. And I'm not really familiar with the required minimum distribution. I know it starts at 70, but I'm trying to make my plans. I'm trying to decide how much I need to plan on extra taxes so I'll know how much we'll have. And then the other question is, I'm not sure how to pay those quarterly taxes that we'll have to pay when I retire.
5: Okay, okay. First questions first. Let's talk about the RMD, and thank you for calling, Keegan. So, on the required minimum distribution, there is a thing called a uniform life expectancy table. Keegan, are you married? Yes, ma'am. Is your For wife more than ten years. years younger than you? No. Okay, so She's you two would, years younger. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You would use the uniform life expectancy table, and what that life expectancy table tells you is the factor you must use to divide your IRA balance. So, for example, the life expectancy factor at age 70 is 27.4. So if your IRA balance at the end of the previous year was $100,000, you would divide that by the 27.4 and it would give you a, an RMD amount of something close to $4,000. Now, do so we do
7: that for each IRA that we have?
5: You do. You have to calculate the RMD for each individual IRA. You can take the total from one. You don't have to take one from each individual account and get each individual check, but you have to calculate them separately, add them up, And then take the distribution from whichever account or accounts that makes most sense for you. Okay. If you're not comfortable doing that, get professional help.
7: All right. What about the estimated taxes that we have to pay quarterly then?
5: Why will you have to pay quarterly?
7: When I retire, I thought you had to pay quarterly. I know my, my in-laws are retired and have to do that. Or how do we pay the estimated taxes? How often are they do that sort of thing? I'm just sure, trying sure. to plan.
5: Every retiree does not have to do estimated quarterly taxes. Some people do that because it's a little bit easier. But you can actually have taxes withheld from your Social Security. You can have taxes withheld from your pension payments and you can have taxes withheld from your rmd.
6: Oh. Okay.
5: So the quarterly taxes, that's not a have to. If you end if you find that you end up paying quarterly taxes, <laughs> your tax preparer should give you vouchers for each quarter and you will simply send a voucher in with a check every quarter.
6: Okay. I
7: think I'd rather have them taken out.
5: Absolutely. It's way less hassle doing it that way. But again, if you're getting ready to retire, be sure to seek out professional advice on these things, because the last thing you want to do is be retired for a year and then owe a big tax bill the very next spring. Make sure you have some some very good estimates drawn and understand whether you need to do the estimated quarterlies or not. Helps a lot. Thank you. Hey, Keegan,
4: yes, r- I'm really proud of you, by the way, because I know you snuck that in under, and, when, and maybe Dina didn't quite hear that. Married for 45 years—that's amazing.
5: I totally missed that. Congratulations, <laughs> Keegan. That is awesome.
7: So, That's, or or 16,453 days, if you want to be precise. <laughs> but
5: who's counting, right? <laughs> don't go to go,
4: Don't go to minutes and seconds, and then I'll ask you some other questions. But you're all good. <laughs> All right, Keegan. Hey, Thanks listen, for the call. if you're planning, doing some more planning, let me get you on hold here so that Bob can get your information and possibly we can help you with some other stuff as well, Keegan. And thank you so much for calling here today. He kind of led us into something that he was talking about there um, with regards to, uh, you know, taxes and how to plan for the end of the year and that kind of thing.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we've had a couple of required minimum distribution questions this morning. and And required minimum distributions... Uh, That is the government's way of forcing you to pay taxes on money that you've saved pre-tax in your employer retirement plan or your IRA. You've gone on all your working years, probably contributed to a 401K or maybe the government thrift savings plan. Perhaps you had a 403B because you were a teacher or worked at a hospital or other nonprofit. You have enjoyed putting money into those accounts and having those, having the taxes on those dollars deferred. Well, if you haven't started living on that money by age 70 and a half, the IRS will mandate that you start taking out some to pay the taxes, and those are called required minimum distributions. Under current law, required minimum distributions must start no later than April 1st of the year after the IRA owner turns 70 and a half years old. So what does that mean? That means that you have to go to this thing called a uniform life expectancy table. You have to find the appropriate divisor that corresponds with your age, and you have to look up the account balance of your IRA or multiple IRAs as of December 31st of the immediately previous year. You take that balance and you divide it by the life expectancy factor. Easy, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't know who came up with this convoluted (laughs) method of determining required distributions, but that's it. Um, And you have to do this every single year until God calls you home. Mm. There's a neat little exception in the tax code for people who are looking at their situation and saying, I don't need these required distributions and I certainly don't need the extra tax bill. Of course. If you are 70 and a half years old and subject to required minimum distributions, you may actually designate part or all of that required minimum distribution to charity and avoid paying the taxes. You have just made a charitable donation and you qualified for your required minimum distribution in doing so. So you've satisfied the IRS, you've satisfied yourself because you didn't want to pay the taxes to begin with, and you've helped out a favorite charity. That is one way that you can do some effective year-end tax planning for yourself.
4: Awesome. If, that's a great that's a great tip.
5: I've got I've got quite a few clients who do Part of their required distributions to charity, and they keep part. I've got a handful who send the whole thing. It really depends on your financial circumstances. It depends on what your charitable intent is. If you are of required minimum distribution age and you fail to satisfy the requirement, the penalty is steep. its fifty-five zero 50-0% of the amount that you should have taken out. If you are of required minimum distribution age, you've got until December 31st to get your required minimum distribution handled. If you're going to send it to a charity, get on it right now because that distribution has to have left your account and the charity has to have cashed the check by December 31st or it doesn't count. Mm. Yeah, so this doesn't get complicated at all, right?
4: Is is there a way to automate that uh, required minimum distribution so you don't forget and get that 50% penalty?
5: Absolutely there is. In fact, we encourage all of our clients here at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group to set those distributions up to come out automatically every year for that very reason. If you miss one, there's a 50% penalty. Most times if you miss one and you... You realize it and you fix it immediately. The IRS may let you slide on one, but if you're a perpetual offender on this, they're not going to waive that penalty five or six times in a row. They're going to give you a break once.
7: Interesting.
4: Yes. Hey, listen. If you'd like to dial in, here's the phone number: eight five five seven six seven three one two three eight five five rows one two three. Let's say we take a quick break here, Dina and. Get some calls on the air here in a little bit. We'd love to hear from you if you'd like to dial in. One more time, 855 767 3123. More in just a moment of the Larry Rosenthal Show with Dina here today.
0: You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense. In a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits,
1: buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years.
2: You ever wanted to be part of something big
7: Nonprofit organization called stars children africa
2: do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life
7: orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise
2: now you can be part of something that brings hope
7: what we do is we actually pay for the school fees
2: For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year.
7: We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing.
2: Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org.
7: For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school.
2: 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Get Get started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the Financial Planning Toolkit. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show.
4: And here in studio with us in the bright and shining and chipper Dina-ology, whose eyebrows just went up at that description, but it's always wonderful to have you here. Um, Patricia's on the line with us and has a question for you. What's your question, Patricia? Hi, good morning,
3: um, Dina. My question is, I um have inherited a uh IRA from my parents. My mom passed uh last year, February, and she was already getting distributions um from her uh IRA. And so with the inheritance coming over to me and my siblings, we are now I guess supposed to keep taking these distributions. Um Last year, they said I did not have to take one out, I guess, because my mom had already taken it. But I'm concerned with this year, because the investment company where it's at, um, they really haven't said anything to me about it. My sister said that the one that hers is in, they're automatically taking it out for her. But they're telling me, my company is telling me, that I need to uh, decide what I need to sell, what stocks or whatever it needs to sell, and so how much I need to take out. But how do I find out how to get this automatically and let them do that work for me because I have no clue of what to do?
5: My goodness. Okay, I'm very glad you called on this, Patricia, because I don't want you subject to that 50% penalty for not taking the distribution. It sounds like your portion of your mom's IRA may be at one of the no-load companies and a lot of these no-load companies like Schwab or E*TRADE, uh, they're set up for what I term the what I call the do-it-yourself or someone who knows enough to make their own financial decisions, their own investment decisions and they're waiting for direction from you. If the account is fully invested, they will not determine for you what investment to sell to create the cash to send the di- the distribution. It sounds like you may need to have that IRA at a company that is structured to give you advice and help you make those decisions. So, So for this year, because we're getting close to the end of the year and you need to get this taken care of, I would look at the investments in the account. Ask them which ones have done the best this year and pick one that's got a profit and sell some shares of that to create the distribution. I don't want you selling something potentially at a loss to create that cash for yourself. In the meantime, I would strongly suggest seeking out a financial advisor and engaging them to help you with this. That would mean transferring the account from where it is to your new advisor, but then you would have the advice and be able to set this up automatically, so you didn't have to stress
3: out over it. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, because I was, it's it's weird because my parents and I, I think they this was the same company that they used um, was automatically doing this for them I Hmm. just thought it would continue that they would just continue to automatically send it out but um they had those
5: instructions for your mom but now that the account has become yours you have to establish your own instructions if you want to leave it where it is ask them directly how do I set this up to come to me automatically
3: okay
4: hey hey, Patricia I'll tell you what, let's let's get you on hold and, and get you some more help, because I think there's a lot more that you could actually benefit from uh, working with some financial people on this. If that would be okay with you? Oh,
3: that's perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Dana. appreciate Happy it. Happy
5: Thanksgiving, Patricia.
4: Hang in there. And let's go to Mary, who's in Calvert County. Uh, welcome to the radio program. And what's your question here today for uh, actually Calvert County, Maryland, we need to say, right? Because right? Calvert County could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So. How are you, Mary? What's your question here for Dina? I'm
3: doing great. Thank you for taking my call, and I just want to say you explained things so well. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for that, Mary. Yeah, um, I have a very simple question. I have um, uh, work as an independent contractor, and I don't earn a lot of money, but um, it's enough that I just need to pay quarterly taxes, and I just was wondering, I just don't know what to do to make sure I get those quarterly taxes So should I just, how should I go about finding out how much I owe? I mean, I basically am going to do 20% of what I earn and pay that quarterly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't know where to go to make sure that gets paid. I don't bank online.
5: Okay, great question. As an independent contractor, you have several layers of taxes that you're responsible for. 20% Mm -hmm. may not be enough. So I, my very first recommendation to you is to find a competent, certified public accountant, CPA. They will sit down with you. They will estimate your taxes owed this year, and they will give you vouchers to send in to the IRS to make your quarterly payments.
3: So that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely.
5: One other thing that I would strongly recommend to help manage those tax payments, you can actually set up your own retirement plan. You can set up a SEP, which, which stands for Simplified Employee Pension. You can set up an individual 401k plan. Depending on how much money you make in a year, one or the other may give you a higher contribution threshold. That'll allow you to defer taxes on some of your income.
3: Okay. All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
5: Happy to help. Thank you
4: for listening. All right, Mary, we're going to put you on hold and get some more information from you or to you actually. And thank you so much for listening here today. Arnita's on the line with us from Bowie. Welcome Arnita. to the program. Glad to thank
5: have girlfriend. you. Good <laughs> girlfriend. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I am doing great. How are you, my friend?
3: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. I just wanted to say to all of you, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving.
5: Happy Thanksgiving, Arnita.
3: That's all I wanted, and then we'll we'll meet later, but we'll talk later. But happy Thanksgiving, and y'all doing a great job. What are you thank- happy cooking? What Thanksgiving are you, to what y'all. What
5: are you cooking this
4: year, Arnita? Are you cooking? I'm
3: baking a cake right now, which is why I'm calling so late, but I'm not cooking anything for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Just what kind of cake are kind of you
5: cooking me, Arnita. Oh, sweet potato cake. Oh, that's that sounds yummy. I would give that a try.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Say, save a piece
4: for us, Dan Arnita. Thank you so much for calling in today. alright seven three one two three eight five five 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Dina.
5: Love it when Arnita calls. She and I have been working together for a few years now. It's always nice to hear a familiar voice. Got
4: that chipper sound to her voice every time I talk to her, so it's great.
5: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I'm talking about some year-end tax moves. One thing that I find people don't do nearly enough is check the amount of taxes that you're having withheld from your paycheck. A lot of people got really surprised when they filed their taxes this year. There was a tax law change for 2018 that overall reduced tax rates, but it changed the structure of the tax code just enough that many who were accustomed to getting a refund ended up owing, and it was quite the kick in the teeth. So... If you're part of that group of what I'm going to call disgruntled taxpayers, <laughs> you've got just a little bit longer this year to figure out if you may owe something next year. There is a fantastic tool on the IRS website called an, called the IRS Withholding Calculator. Google it. It'll come right up. The only documents you need to have in front of you are your 2018 tax return and your most recent pay stub. The IRS Withholding Calculator will ask you questions, will ask you for numbers on those two documents, fill all that in, and it'll take you to a calculation screen that says something like this. Based on the information you have entered, we think you will owe X amount of dollars in taxes. If you adjust your withholding to this number of withholding allowances it will reduce your tax liability to X. It gives you very specific instructions on how to fix it between now and the end of the year. If you do that, big asterisk, set a reminder in your phone, set an alarm, do something because on January 1st, you're going to have to redo it and reset your withholding for the new tax year. So if it turns out that you, you go through the withholding calculator and it says, oh, no, you've had five withholding allowances all year, you need zero, that will help you come April. But don't forget to recalculate in January because if you withhold zero throughout the entire next year, it may flip you all the way the other direction and you get this huge refund, but you've been mm-hmm. strapped for cash all year.
4: Plus, also, if you look at it this way, you, if you did have extra money in your, in your pocket throughout the year, you could have that money invested and be making money on it.
5: Interesting. Absolutely. You could increase your 401K or TSP contributions. You could do all kinds of things with that instead of letting the government hold it for you all year.
4: Amen. I agree with that.
5: Everybody few- loves to pay
4: taxes, don't they? I just love it. No, I, to, I want to keep my money. I think everybody does, right?
5: Yeah, if you if you were serious about that, I was going to refer you to a psychologist. <laughs>
4: well, I probably need because that anyway. Because something's you know. not right. <laughs> something's not right anyway, Dina, but it's okay. We're all
5: good. Oh, okay. All, <laughs> keep going. You take care of you, my friend. I will. A few other items that can help you reduce taxes before the end of the year. If you have a child or a grandchild that you want to help fund their college, you can establish or contribute to what's called a 529 college savings plan. If you live in a state that assesses state income tax, the 529 contributions may qualify you for a tax deduction on your state income taxes. I live in Virginia, we have a state income tax. Amounts that we contribute to our grandson's 529 plan Qualify for a state income tax deduction. Oh
2: wow, nice.
5: Yes. If you if someone in your family has special needs, there is what's called an ABLE account. This Able account allows people with qualifying disabilities to save money without jeopardizing their government benefits. If you have someone in your family who has an ABLE account or who qualifies for one, you can contribute up to $15,000 this year to that account and receive a state income tax deduction for it if you're in a state that has a state income tax.
4: Yeah, it's kind of nice actually to be in states that don't have that, but there's not that many anymore.
5: Uh, Uh, Funny you bring that up. Oh, okay. I have right here... A list of states that won't tax your pension.
4: Oh, let's hear those.
5: Alabama. Oh, wow. Alaska. Florida. If you're tropically minded, Hawaii won't tax your pension. How about that? Illinois. Mississippi. Nevada. New Hampshire. Pennsylvania. South Dakota. My home state of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Texas. Washington. And Wyoming. Oh, wow. So if you're doing retirement planning and you're looking for tax-advantaged places to live, that's a very nice list to have.
4: It is if you've got a tropical place to go on top of that, not in, you know, 20 below zero kind of Wyoming area. But, you know, some people yeah, love I it there, though. Yeah, I think you've
5: got to enjoy being cold to go somewhere like that. True. So a couple more things. Um, on your ta- year in tax planning. The tax code allows you to sell investments that are currently trading at a loss and use that loss to offset capital gains if they're in a taxable account. So what I'm telling you right now does not work in your IRA. It does not work in your thrift savings plan. It does not work in your 403B or your Roth IRA. What I'm talking about is for taxable accounts, brokerage accounts, those types of things. If you find yourself in a position where, because it's been a really good year in the market and you sold an investment at a profit, you're facing a capital gains tax. You can offset that capital gain if you have some items that you could sell at a loss. So what happens on the tax return is that the total gains, let me say this differently, The total amount of losses that you incurred in the year will be subtracted from the gains that you incurred in the year to come up with a net gain or loss. We call that tax loss harvesting, and that can help lower your taxes from the capital gains perspective. If you're uncomfortable with doing that, seek professional help. Um, don't guess at things like that because you definitely don't want a nasty gram from the IRS two years from now that says, oh, you miscalculated. Mm-hmm. Because that's about the lag time for the IRS to catch a mistake. If you filed your 2019 taxes in 2020, you're probably not going to find out about your mistake until 2021 or 22. Yeah. <laughs> and by then you've completely forgotten you've moved on to the next tax year. It's really a pain in the neck. But – For those of you who find yourself in that position that you've got some taxable gains, look at your account or work with your financial advisor to see if there are losses that you can take to offset those gains.
4: Actually, to think about that, if if you're in this situation, well, everybody's in the situation of paying taxes and everyone's in the situation of planning for retirement. Both of those things are really important that you remember um, Rosenthal Wealth Management because you can actually get in there and you guys don't charge for, for answers initially. You just call in, ask questions, and kind of get started down that road of preparing for uh, those important events in your life.
5: That's right. We are happy to help. Um, And we've got a toll-free number for everyone throughout the the United States. What's that number, Chris? 855-767-3123.
4: It's the same number you call for the radio show. It just flips back to the main offices after the program is over.
5: Fabulous. Now, if you have a brokerage account, a taxable account, You need to be mindful, if you're a mutual fund investor, you need to be mindful of what are called capital gains distributions. Mutual funds are required to pay out any gains realized from the sale of stocks or bonds during the year. So if you own a mutual fund and the fund manager decided, for example, he wanted to sell Home Depot, If he had a 15% gain on Home Depot, he has to distribute that gain to every single person who owns that mutual fund. If Mm. you find yourself in that position, you're going to get what's called a capital gains distribution, even if you reinvest them, okay? A lot of people think, well, I'm reinvesting my my capital gains. Doesn't matter. You're going to get taxed on them anyway. If you get hit with a distribution, review the portfolio to see if you have any other mutual funds stocks or bonds that have gone down in value since you bought them that too can help offset those capital gains distributions if you're in the market to buy a mutual fund right now double check the mutual fund before you buy it most mutual fund companies by this point in the year they've sent out their capital gains distribution estimates It would be a very ugly surprise to buy a mutual fund today, get hit with a capital gains distribution tomorrow, and you've got to pay taxes on that distribution for a mutual fund you only held for six weeks.
4: How does that work if it's just like in a Roth or a regular IRA that the, and you're reinvested into those IRAs? Do you still have to pay taxes? You don't really tell later, no. right? not until you're distributing no, the money. not until or...
5: you take money out. Right. What I'm talking about right now is for non-retirement accounts, what gotcha. I'm going to call taxable accounts. Gotcha. Okay. Um, it is, it's a real kick in the teeth to buy a mutual fund and then immediately owe taxes from it. Oh, yeah. So if you're looking to buy a mutual fund, do your research all the mutual fund companies have online their estimates for the year and their capital gains distribution estimates are on a per share basis so for example if you log into a mutual fund website and they tell you that xyz mutual fund is estimated to have a 50 50 capital gain distribution that's going to be 50 cents for every share you own That can be very big money, very big money. Make sure that you understand how that works, and if you don't, call somebody who does. I might know a few people.
4: (laughs) I think you do. I really do. Uh, Let's talk to Ibrahim. I don't think we have a lot of time, but we can try to get the question and maybe take you off air with the answer. Uh, Ibrahim, go ahead with your question.
7: Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I'm a proprietor of a company or firm, rather. Um, and I wanted to know: Can we use, or can I use my 401 uh, for business purposes?
4: I guess that's the question, and we got to tell,
5: tell me a little bit more. I'm I'm not sure I understand the question entirely. What are you thinking?
4: I tell you what, Abraham, we're just not we're completely out of time here this morning, unfortunately. But we'll take you off air and answer that question for you. Appreciate you calling, and appreciate all the calls here today, Dina. It's been awesome talking to you as well.
5: Yeah, it's been a great morning. Thank you for having me. I wish everyone, uh, coast to coast, sea to shining sea, a very happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful to be part of this group. You guys are awesome. Yeah,
4: you are too, Dean. Thank you so much for being here today, and thank you for listening here to the Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back again next week with another edition of this program, and we hope that you just eat a lot of food and have a great week. For Dina Arnett and for Bob in the back, my name is Chris McKay. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again next time on the Larry Rosenthal Show.